21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. So hi, Martin. It's a real pleasure to be here. So I'm Simon Sobrero, and uh, I'm part of Decipher Italian, a small boutique uh, language translation agency. But uh, more and more these days, I like to call myself a language consultant or expert, and I'll tell you why very soon. I think the language industry is changing very, very rapidly. The big jumps have taken place uh, about 10 years ago and five years ago. I think this last one or two years has been a big inflection point. And I think it's very important for people to, to pay attention now to, to the dynamics and what's happening. I think um, technology is becoming increasingly important. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not just in my field, but I think a lot of translators, traditional translators, and by the way, there's most of them are uh, a bit older than, um, I think I, I read a statistic that 25% of translators are um, what we call digital natives. You know, they're used to computers, they're young people. So a, a big majority is, uh, older people with more experience and I think there's two subsets of people the ones with the all the answers and the technology are not the same as the ones with all the questions to ask of the technology like me and so this is why there's I think there's two populations and somewhere in the middle is uh, is going to be a, a bit of a I think a renaissance in the, in the language industry we've got um, obviously things like chat GTP but also an integration with uh, machine translation, which I think in 2016, Google and DeepL brought out um, neuro, um, neural machine translation, which was already a, a quite a revolutionary thing, but this is seven years ago. In the last couple of years, we've seen, um, we're going to see an even, well, in future, we're going to see an even more exponential growth in the, in the integration of these technologies. And I think what's happening is uh, people are not going to call themselves translators anymore. I think it's important to be an expert in the loop in the translation process. Because if we just um, assume I mean, when I talk to people and say I'm a translator, even a few years ago, they were tentatively feeling me to, to make a little joke about, oh, well, almost ashamed of the fact that they sometimes use Google Translate. Now it's a real joke. Um, they're almost going to get annoyed with me now. Like, what are you? You know, trans machine translation is the default now. So I have to market myself as a language consultant and um, and an expert in uh, uh, acting more like a clearinghouse because you're going to come to me with a project that's more than just I've had a few ideas I've written a manuscript can you transform this into English and by the way I, I specialize in into English but um, a lot of people want many many languages 
So this involves a whole project management structure, or um, software that's like a content management system. And, um, and they have to get uh, the message across to localize and globalize their message. So I can be, uh, we can act as the consultants throughout the whole process and say, how are you writing this? Uh, what's the thought process behind it? Are you writing in a way that is international? I'm half Italian. My, my my source language is Italian. It was my first language. I love Italy. I'm in Italy right now, actually. And uh, I'm house-sitting for a couple of months as a traveling digital nomad that I am. And uh, I'm really enjoying going to museums and, and talking about the language and the culture. And I still find that a lot of Italians, even the young ones, are still speaking like they're at a, a university thesis interview uh, so, you know beautiful language but very long and i think northern europeans and americans are just please just get to the point uh, and they do this all the time so i want to be there to say to them have you thought about uh, authoring content in a way that translates easier and cheaper i mean for example now you can go into ChatGTP, and you can uh, get the machine to to write the copy for you. And that's a good way to train train people's brains is to to almost you thinking in in the target language. Ironically, because they, they think they are incapable of speaking English, but uh, a machine can now help you write in English. Now what's my role in all this is I have to, I have to make sure that the machine isn't hallucinating. And uh, we're here to, to provide consistency and we're more like curators and uh, annotators uh, and, and checkers now. So we've got to make sure that the target language matches what the original, the original thought was. Uh, so we're like mediators and uh, I think more and more it's about, it's about this communication with, with a customer. I've had to do a lot of learning about this because um, up until a few years ago, I like a lot of um, what used to be called translators. I was hiding a little bit behind the screen and uh, maybe I was young and a bit more arrogant. And uh, a lot of my emails, I remember uh, looking back, even if just a few years ago, were just very short and very cold and very robotic. Ironically, ironic, isn't it? Uh, as the machines come, we're learning to become more human and warmer, and nicer, and uh, obviously, and not just in in, in your voice, um, although it helps to to laugh and and be warm. But in the email, I think you have to be humble, you have to be warm, come across as warm and helpful, and that in, that means also writing an intelligent email that uh, that does all the work for them. 
do the thinking for them. Try and write an email in a way that reduces the backwards and forwards so that you're, we're in the communications industry. We, we have to, um, as an entrepreneur, as a boss, even as a freelance uh, worker. Uh, and now I've seen the other side of it as an agent, as, as I've grown into a small agency. I've seen what it's like from all angles, from having to deal with uh, employee t- translators and editors. And, uh, and being at the receiving end of quite uh, harsh and lazy treatment sometimes, um, I've really had to clean up my image and my and my communication skills, my soft skills, to um, to do the hard work of of communicating properly the first time, making sure the the message comes across in so many ways. I think this goes, uh, this has to run through the ethos of your company, of your, of the way you conduct your life with integrity, is to be clear and, uh, and warm and communicative and have a, have a, com- have a, have a passion for, for what you're doing, but also compassion, compassion. Um, you're dealing with humans, we're still dealing with humans and you have to deal with people's emotions. I think you, you're an expert at this, and you, you pick up um, the kind of people you, you interview are very, very much in tune with this, and probably steps ahead of me. And I'm just kind of relearning this, um, having to relearn this from scratch, and sometimes the hard way. Uh, be compassionate. The person you're dealing with that day is probably not having, didn't probably have the best sleep. Um, they're not having the best day. They might have some uh, problems at home. And if you're warm with them, they're going to remember you. And so it goes beyond the, the, the quality. And by the way, I've uh, I recently read an industry report which says that half of language service buyers are still using independent, uh, direct uh, individual linguists, not agencies. And actually the industry is very flat, much more than I thought. I'd always imagined the big translation companies, which I've mostly worked for in my 22 years in the business. I thought they were dominating the, um, the industry, like like big tech companies. But no. Um, so the top 10 players are actually only have only got 20% of the market share. So there's still thousands of of small players, and people come back to them because they want quality, uh, they want the personal touch, and they want the transparency. The way I uh, like to be transparent and honest, uh, and I actually have this on my landing page, on my website, and in my as part of my mission statement, in my life as well, is to, um, you know, I don't like to just say sorry. I think it's a cheap way of uh, 
and I think it's it's cheap to say sorry. I like to back it up with uh, compensation. So if um, if I've made a translator work an extra hour or two, I will I will give them a bonus. And likewise, um, if you're a client of mine, and I state this, and I, I don't find this uh, I don't find this very often in in any industry, but especially mine. Um, I'm not sure about this, but I think I'm the only um, I'm the only agency that I've come across that's that's uh, specifically uh, explicitly saying that if if I've quoted too much, and I like to quote quite a high price because I I really don't like to go back after three days and say, oh, I've found something that I didn't see before. You know, our, our software is finding your material difficult. Now we're going to have to charge extra or delay delivery. I think that's really unprofessional. And, uh, and just doesn't show a lot of foresight. Uh, what I so we we like to we keep our quotes relatively high, but then we say. Uh, we found a way to to automate some of this um, language uh, crunching, or uh, actually, a lot of the, the material was repetitive. Or we found a way to make you uh, save money in um, in the way, like I said before, authoring the, the content, structuring the content, so it's uh, shortening it, so it's cheaper and easier to translate, even eliminating. Um, either way, has the project, um, does it look like it's 30% quicker and cheaper? So we'll, we'll deliver early, but also we'll give you the cash back. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of price promise. Obviously, there's a level of trust. You have to trust that we do this. But why not? Um, why not be honest? Uh, the world is full of people uh, competing and uh, cheating and stealing. and. I think people really resonate with that. They, they'll come back to you. You've given them a discount uh, even after the event, uh, or you've treated them nicely. You've recognised that that um, they've recognised that you're honest with them. Uh, of course, they're going to come back to you. They're going to you're going to stand out from the competition, even if occasionally you lose a bit of business. Uh, I think it's a really important strategy. And likewise, I think if you also act as a conduit, as a sort of clearinghouse for for people's projects. So they might come to me and say, so I want people to come to me and say, look, I know you specialize in Italian to English and in certain fields. So we do science and medical and legal and environmental. Uh, that's my background, by the way, science, not languages. They might say to me, so, uh, we've got a complex project that we want to translate into several languages. We don't know where to start. We're aware there's uh, uh, machine automation out there. Can you help us out? And if we can do it all in-house, fantastic. But actually, a uh, lot of the time, uh, there's certain parts of the project we can't handle in-house. And so 
um, again, we have to be honest and say, well, we might be able to hire, um, outsource some of this. Or often I just say, uh, we, we're just very honest and say, uh, perhaps you'd like to approach this company instead. They are much, they're going to have a much more streamlined procedure. They're going to save you a lot of money. And we would just be uh, cheating. and Well, we would be lying to, if we said we can do everything for you, like a lot of other players do. And I, I don't understand why they do that. I think it plays on uh, fear, you know, project fear, that if you're going you're gonna to have to hold on to every client you get. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to really let go of grasping and holding and being. Um, it's, it shows scarcity, scarcity mindset. Uh, to to promise the world and, and hold on to people who you're actually better off networking a lot of the time and saying, go to my colleague, my trusted colleague, and not just my friend or my, uh, you know, somebody I like, but uh, a, a trusted colleague or somebody who I'm affiliated with somehow in the industry. Um, and and I think what comes around goes around. They They will... They will definitely refer to you back. Um, one small example of um, on my website. Um, if you click the, um, so I have these really fancy. Uh, they were quite complex to to uh, program these calculator buttons, which again I don't see with, uh, with uh, small agencies and, and freelancers. Uh, there's a kind of black box where you give us an idea of the project or the word count, and we'll give you some random quotes um, in our own time. We'll come back. It's all very cloak and dagger. Uh, again, I'd like to be quite straightforward about my fees and rates so you go on my landing page there's a big yellow button you click it and it gives you a um, a rough quote and it, it, it can sometimes appear quite expensive but again you can then contact us through the red button next to it and we'll give you a, a much more tailor-made human quote now uh, what's happening with this uh, with uh, so in this quoting on this, on this page where I quote, uh, I've also, I'm also quite explicit that if there's a language that we don't deal with, uh, we've actually got an affiliation program with a, a, a larger agency that's actually Italy-based. And uh, I think they're, obviously they're aware of that because I, I had to, uh, to link with them through my website and they have a sort of um, affinity program. But I'm actually working sometimes, uh, well, in the past I've worked for them as an agency. And they're very switched on, especially about um, technology. They actually compiled a report, which is very interesting, talking about machine, um, machine translation. Now, computing power is growing exponentially, uh, but the the jumps and leaps uh, 
we can make with uh, machine translation is actually exponentially declining because a lot of the, you know, from getting from jumping from 80 to 90% efficiency took a decade or so, say. Um, but going from 90 to 95 is going to probably take another decade and then 97, 98, uh, you know, we're never going to, uh, well, never say never, but I don't think AI is going to reach 100%. Um, we still have a lot of uh, place, a lot of room for, for human. Um, again, like uh, going back to communication, it's about capturing the nuance of the message, about the uh, the intent, the feeling behind the words, and this is still very relevant in in voice work and interpreting work that I I also do. So they brought out this report, which uh, says that because uh, the, the two forces are acting against each other. So computing power against diminishing returns, you've actually got a linear progression to uh, what some people call the singularity, which sounds a bit scary. I'm not sure it's accurate, actually, because um, singularity implies that the machines are going to take over the world and, and make the decisions for us. I think it's called the Turing test, where the machine is indistinguishable from the human uh, and they say this is going to happen I've seen the graph and the date is 2007 uh, 2027 so it's five years in five years time most uh, basic content so for example there's a big hotel chain online a famous uh, online virtual hotel chain that's translating its reviews in different languages uh, so you've stayed in Italy, you're, in, well, you're an Italian speaker, you leave a review. As an English-speaking guest, you want to know what they've said. It's very important for the hotel. Uh, within five years, this is going to be done by the machine. It's going to be indistinguishable from the human translator. Now, uh, increasingly, almost invariably, now we're working as machine translation post editors. So we're the, still the ones checking that the translation process was smooth. And, um, but that, again, it's important for the hotel chain, but it's not uh, life or death, is it? Uh, so what we offer is still, um, is the, is a specialist translation so when it's much more important so you're dealing with financial transactions worth a lot of money you're dealing with uh, medical cases life or death you're dealing with legal cases so a few months ago i was myself i went to an interpreting job in a high security prison with um, um, an italian speaker who was uh, looking at a life sentence um, in areas like that, you definitely need a human touch and you need the experience. Um, I've got a qualification in legal interpreting, which, um, you know, this takes a lot of uh, studying. Um, my sister's um, done many years of interpreting for footballers in the legal industry, in um, hospitals, 
So for healthcare as well, it's very important. And you need this, you still need so much of this human touch to know what the um, the environment around the, the language is, is, is communicating to you and getting this message across. been in this industry for 22 years and I've learned that a customer um, after dealing with me with us they will understand um, a lot more about the process of the, the, the let's say the localization process they will learn to um, you will learn to um, how important it is to trust um, the the small agency that you're hopefully small agency that you're working with um, because we can um, give you a kind of full spectrum care of 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 all your needs from uh, the very beginning to the very end. And let me give you an example of that. You might think um, it's okay to just upload a photocopy, a bad photocopy of a, an old document you put together and, and that money is not really an object for you. So it doesn't matter what happens at the other end, but this might slow the process down quite considerably. Um, if you had uh, invested, just a, got one of your assistants to invest a little time in finding the original document that's sorry, the, the document that's in editable format. Now, obviously, it makes the translation a bit cheaper, but it can have actually big knock-on effects uh, because when we receive that, we are much faster at. Um, being able to quote, uh, to hire a translation, to quote for a translation price, or increasingly to be able to put through through um, uh, software. And again, this is respecting confidentiality 100%. It's up to you how, um, again, you need to think about what kind of um, technology you are happy to for us to use, and we will liaise with you here. So we can in input this through the machine and find uh, not only the cheapest and fastest way to, to translate it, but if it can be, uh, how it can be used, if it can be condensed, if it, um, if we can leverage old translation memories or, or new new translation memories that are um, available on on the internet, and uh, and actually make the the products better and uh, more original, or just a lot more accurate. So that's uh, one. One factor. The other one is if you've got um, a, a, just a very small team um, overseeing the project, it's uh, a lot less likely that mistakes will will creep in. Because I've used uh, big agencies with which have got an embarrassingly not large number of project managers. I don't. They must have a very high turnover, literally hundreds. Um, and so you you're not you're not sure who you're dealing with. But that would be fine if it was just a management job. 
but actually sometimes they're not um these project managers aren't even uh language speakers and so they will start to question the translator's work they will eat, sometimes even and this is awful they will come in and change the language thinking they know what they're doing and they're just going to add errors this means an extra step in the quality management cycle and um, and we can we can provide this service we can even do back translations to check the the the, the, the translator did a good job and uh, again if you're prepared for this extra step and the cost involved it helps us a lot um, so you can do a little bit of research before you contact us on uh, on what a translation uh, uh, really involves it's not just a matter of a to b whether it's a machine or a human there's a lot more to it now we can help you a lot with that that's that's our job and we're very happy to but there is actually some preparation you can do which will save you a lot of headaches later so um, uh, there's a lot of information out there and if you come to us we can we can point you in the right direction uh, as to how to prepare and even at the end when you've got a finished product can you do um, quality assessment on it and how do you go about doing that and then how do you pivot into an, in the next language and where do you go to do that and maybe if it's a small legal translation how do you get, uh, what do you need to notarize it, to get an apostille or a legalization, or sometimes they ask for a sworn translation. Um, if you come to us already armed with this knowledge, it'll save you uh, a lot of time and trouble, but we can help you with this. Actually, I, re I recently read that a third of uh, language providers are now they call themselves digital nomads, which is what I am. And I had the great fortune of meeting uh, a very good friend of mine who's become a mentor. And it's uh, Arseni at uh, iHouse Design. Now, he's a growth hacker. He's really helped me with uh, getting my mind ready for marketing. And I had a lot of fear coming into this. And he's shown me that uh, it's about taking small steps and it can be a lot of fun, just the learning process of how to um, hack and, and shortcut your way into marketing and getting those followers and getting those leads, uh, but also how to present yourself in the best way possible. And um, it's been a lot of fun and uh, he's a good example of, of somebody warm with people, but also cool in his head. And it's about never giving up and every day doing even the tiny, small steps. And then you'd be surprised how it all, it all builds up. And um, I, I'd also like to give um, so much thanks and gratitude to my family. Now we come from three generations of translators, uh, but we're all doing different, different uh, uh, combinations and different jobs within this industry. Uh, so it's not been an easy ride for any of us. I've not had an easy time, but they were there supporting me and just teaching me a lot about um, about keeping going. 
and uh, about the uh, giving me a love for the lang for language and for and for communication and word games and um, especially my mum always teases me about when I was a child I used to uh, spend longer finding a shorter sentence than it would have taken just to write it and I think this is fascinating um, but now I, I'm loving uh, ChatGTP and AI because it's all about the questions you give it and uh, engineering these questions and, and these prompts is really um, is what takes a lot of time, and it's, it's, uh, but it's worth the investment. It's not about the answers, it's about the questions. Thank you so much, Martin. Thank you so so much, Martin. It's been uh, it's been really wonderful speaking to you. And um, uh, for the listeners, uh, if you're just starting out in the industry, do contact me, and I can uh, I can help you um, find your way in the in the industry. And if you're a customer and want to discuss uh, any facets of the uh, of the language industry and the and the future, I'd love to help you. Uh, get in touch at uh, www decipheritalian.com and I really look forward to um, working with you and meeting you. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective and embark on the path to success.